0: Jesus. Uh,
1: Church of Christ, we appreciate you being here this morning. If you're visiting with us. We want you to know you have a special welcome to come and visit with us. We hope that you'll give us the opportunity to get to know you after the close of the service today. So, thanks for being here. Good to see all of you here. A good crowd today. Two or three things to mention. Uh, please remember to sign the uh, register in the uh, clipboard as it comes down your pew. So without attendance record, please, please do that. Uh, next Sunday is what we call Mission Sunday. That's where the entire contribution next Sunday will be applied. Two weeks from now, Doug. Thank you, sir. Two weeks from today. Uh, just a double reminder then, okay? Two weeks. All the contribution goes to missions that day. We're having a really good year with missions. We look forward to uh, this contribution and hoping that we can even extend what we're doing. And uh, please remain seated today after the worship service. We have a special presentation today. We're glad to know, and, and as you're aware, that today is when we recommend our seniors. Recognize our seniors. We're very proud of them, and that will be done after the closing prayer. So let's pray, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the beautiful day you blessed us with. We thank you, Father, that we have the privilege to assemble, assemble today to worship you. We pray that as we worship you, you will be pleased in our worship. We pray that we will participate as we should throughout the service. And, and Father, we pray from Brother Ken as he brings a lesson to us today. We pray, Father, that we can grow spiritually and people can hear the gospel as it's taught. And Father, we're so thankful for the four seniors we have that are graduating high school this year. We pray the blessings upon them as they move forward. We are thankful for the families that support them through the years, and we just hope that... Uh, Throughout their years, they remain faithful and serve you. And Father, now, we just thank you so much for the congregation we have here. We pray your blessings continue to be upon us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: As usual, I take requests from our seniors for our song service this morning. So our first song will be unto the O
0: Lord. Say. my hope is fair, I'll not be blessed.
3: thy name. We have humbled our hearts this morning as we bow our heads before you. And of course, we want to give you all glory and praise. We know there's so much for which to be thankful this morning. And even though we can't give you a entire list, we want to thank you so much for allowing us another day to glorify you, for giving us this first day of the week to worship you. We thank you for the church that meets the world over, but specifically the church that is meeting in this place today. And we thank you so much for Jesus, our savior, who has made all of this possible. Father, we know we have many needs this morning and we are so thankful that you take care of them daily, but we have individuals that we want to lift up to you now and Again, this isn't an entire list and we'll be lifting up names to you at this moment, but we want to ask you to be with Connie Mooney, Eddie, excuse me, Edith English, John Dryden, Molly Acock, Ruth Staley and father, our prayers that you'll help us as we minister to these and show your love through the service we provide them. Father, we also want to lift up our elders our deacons, our ministers, our Bible class teachers, our worship leaders, Father, and so many others that play a part in what we try to accomplish here, which is spreading your kingdom. And that's, Lord, we hope that's everybody here, obviously. Father, we ask you to this morning, as we look up front, we see our seniors setting here and, and father, we, ask you so much to be with these these individuals we ask you to be with madison with harley with ben with lewis father we are so thankful for them but we also want to ask you to watch over them during this critical transition in their lives but father they're also a reminder this morning of a great group of young people that we have here that that worship with us and are part of our congregation. And and father, we lift all of our young people up to you this morning. And we want to thank you for the spiritual energy that not only these four, but that our young people continue to provide us here. Father, we pray that our hearts are right this morning. During this time of worship, my my prayer is that we are able to give you our all knowing that if we do so, our worship will be in spirit and in truth, which is what we know you desire. And if our hearts are not right this morning, help the love you have for us overwhelm us, help us recognize the gap in fellowship we have with you and give us the self awareness and the courage to make whatever might be wrong right in your sight this morning because we love you and we don't want to take for granted your mercy, grace, and forgiveness. So go with us now through the rest of this worship time together. And as we end this prayer, we want to, of course, tell you how much we love you. And it's through Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
2: Invitation song after the lesson this morning will be There's a Fountain Free. Song before our lesson will be I'll Fly Away. Uh, Let's stand together as we sing this song.
4: Scripture reading this morning be James chapter four verses thirteen through seventeen. James chapter four, thirteen through seventeen. Come now, you who say, "Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit." Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? Is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. There goes. I knew we were missing some. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin.
5: Thank you very much, Bo, that was good to the last drop. Well, we do have some special days for us this month. As Larry indicated, the last Sunday, our fifth Sunday, the 31st, is our mission Sunday. So please be thinking toward that. But for these here, today's our special day. Today's when we honor our graduates. And for Madison and Lewis, And Harley and Ben, I want you guys to know that as you sit right there in your special garb, you represent something to all of us. For all these young ones who are still in school, you know, they count the years, probably like you did, to the day that you're facing or maybe you've already faced your, your graduation. And while they hope it comes quickly, still there's a lot of activity in those days. And I'm pretty sure you'd agree that as much as you anticipated it, it seems hardly possible that it's here now. Always seems like there's something else to do, but there's a finality to a graduation. But there's a fresh new beginning too, right? Those of us who are older than you look back on this day and just as Aaron said in his prayer, it was a transition. You know, it was a time when we started deciding what the rest of our life was going to be like. This year for me, Actually, is my 30th year anniversary of my graduation. I've been out of school nearly twice as long as you've even been alive. And yet, for me, it seems like yesterday. I remember wearing very similar clothing and that funny hat that hasn't changed over time. And thinking, what am I going to do now? Some of you maybe have a plan what you're going to do. A lot of us had no idea. Again, from personal experience, I didn't know what I was going to do. I ended up in architecture. Decided I was going to be an architect. (laughs) Well, I'm not an architect now. I'm a preacher of the gospel. And again, there's that number coming up. It's been 28 years, nearly 30, that I've been preaching. So it's, it's exciting to think about the prospect of the newness that's ahead of you. But where you are right now, as far as decisions are concerned, now's the time that you need to make a commitment that no matter what your career choice, whatever path that takes, or any other incidentals, you need to decide now what your foundation is gonna look like. To be certain, as all of us will consider this morning, how it is that we fashion our own, our own will. What are we gonna do about that? Before we start our study of those things, Let's pray that God will bless us in that. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for the blessings of this day, the first day of the week. And thank you for the opportunity that we have to be able to assemble, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And I pray Lord that you will help us to commit ourselves Not just to the study of your word, but to the implementation of it. To be people who reflect your truth, who embody it. Lord, today I hope that it is true that what we've all determined to do is to do your will. That in your will, our lives will be guided by it. And if it's your will, that we'll be able to do this or that. We thank you, Father, that we can benefit from this study, that our lives will be enriched by it, and that you will help to strengthen us in that word and to complete us in it. We thank you, especially today, for these four and of the life that's ahead of them of all the choices that they're gonna make. We pray that those choices, Lord, are are gonna be guided by your will. Thank you for the blessing of all of that. Help me to communicate it, and help those who hear to be able to accept it. In Jesus' name, amen. I have here in the back of my mind been wrestling with some numbers I just threw out. And it's even worse than I realized because I graduated in 1982. That was not 30 years ago. Are you with me, people? (laughs) So there's the weight of that. (laughs) Nevertheless, again, it still feels like it was only yesterday. I'm not sure how you think about the future. Sometimes when we think about the future, we think about it in some immediate terms, like what I'm going to do next. Sometimes the immediacy of it is what am I going to eat for lunch? Or as we're getting ready for the day, we make a choice about what we're going to wear, how we're going to present ourselves to people. We think Long term for the day, what we expect to do throughout the day. Those are immediate concerns. I guess, generally, in a sense of immediacy, all of us think about what's going to happen with our economy, what's happening in terms of our Supreme Court. We think about what's happening with the virus. You know, is it going to come back in another wave? Can it be cured? All of those things are thoughts about the future, but for us, those have an immediate kind of impact. There is also the sense of a broadening of our future. We might think about as we would do if we were sitting on that second pew right there. Think about school, maybe what our plans for a job are gonna be. Maybe you start thinking about where you're going to live. Even a home or a spouse. All of those ideas about the future are, are important. There's no doubt about that. And every single one of them, even something as minute as deciding where you're gonna to eat today, has both blessings and consequences associated with it. but. When we think philosophically, when we think about the big issues of life and death and judgment, those questions about our future are things that are worked out even in the very small decisions that we make, because every decision that we make is going to either contribute or take away from the success of the bigger things that are in our lives. I'm pretty sure that for most people, most people have a wrong thought, a wrong thinking process about their future. They take for granted how things are going to turn out, and so they are ill-equipped to face a future that is filled with so much uncertainty. Today, this text ought to serve as a grounding thought for us as we anticipate the future. He says, come now you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go into such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now he says, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, he who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. Here's going to be our hook for today. If the Lord wills. If the Lord wills, He says two things are possible. We will live and we will do this or that. So let's think about the first prospect. If the Lord wills, we shall live. That whole notion about the expectation of going on, of one day following the next, of just experiencing life, of planning according to the calendar, of going on and on and on. And even, he says that the boasting of that, the arrogance that is seen in the expectation that I'm going to just keep going on and on, according to my own will. The fact is that the idea of boasting is a futile experience on our part. To think that I'm in control of what's happening next, it's kind of a laughable situation. And here's why that's true. As regards our future, even the next breath, you and I, we have absolutely no power Over that. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 8 and verse 8, that scripture says that no one has power over the Spirit to control the Spirit, and no one has power in the day of death. Now, there are a lot of applications that one could make, but maybe just the most obvious one that's right there in that text. As regards my spirit, I, I probably can't even put my finger exactly on what that means as I, as this physical body is, is the vehicle of a spirit that is to last forever, uh, let alone the concept of my continuance in it. I, I say, well, I can force my breathing, you know, I can, I can sit still and control my heartbeat, but as regards my life, All of us have those experiences where we know of someone who seemed to be doing just fine and then their life was taken away in a moment. The whole idea of boasting in the continuance of our life is a futile experience because we absolutely have no power to control our spirit and when the day of death arrives, there's nothing that you and I can do in terms of controlling that experience. We just have to succumb to it. We have no power. The Bible also says that as regards those concepts, that we really have no control over the experience of our life and transition into death either. Now, this was a statement that the woman of Tekoa made to David, but it's, it's an experience that all of us can relate to as regards our death she said in Second Samuel chapter 14 and verse 14 that when we die, it's like, it's like water that's poured out on the ground that can't be gathered up again. You know, I guess if we're thinking technically, we'd say, well, Ken, you know, if, if you spilled your water on the countertop, you could, you know, you could scrape that back into the glass. You, ha- you have control. Yeah, but that's not what she said. She said your life is very much like water when it hits the ground. You know, the ground just absorbs it. It's gone in an instant, and there really isn't anything you can do to gather it back to yourself. You you have absolutely lost control of the experience of living and dying. It's also a condition where not only do we not have the power or the control over it, truly... As regards the transition of life and death, the continuance of our life, being in control, a boasting of our ability to control it, the truth is that, generally speaking, we, we have no hope in regard to it apart from, apart from God's control over it. Now, what I mean by that may be some of the experience of Job In Job chapter 14, verses 7, 8, and 9, Job was contemplating these things, life and death and experience and control and power and the seeming inability to do these things, to control it. But he says, look, I I realize that, you know, there is hope for a tree. For instance, when a tree dies, they, they cut it off, the stump is there. You can see the dead stump and... If you were to try and dig that dead stump out, you'd realize that even the roots there, they have no life in them. The whole body of what is left is, it's dead. It's decaying. He said, but at the first cent of water, that dead stump with its lifeless roots actually will produce a bud. In other words, there is the the picture, the semblance of life after death there or of David's experience with his own son in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 23 David asked can I bring him back after his son had died of course the answer is no but David continued I shall go to him but he shall not return to me there is the hope and the desire, but in the mind of those who lived before Jesus, I'm not so sure there was necessarily the expectation. We're not sure about what's going to happen. But I said to you, yeah, there is no power, there is no control, there is no hope apart from God. God is what's making all the difference. I can't boast in my ability on one side or the other of life and death. However, God is the one who is in control. God is the one who gives the power and the control and the ultimate hope. That's what He was doing with His own disciples in John chapter 14 when He spoke of His impending departure that departure would result, you know, in his death on the cross, shedding the blood as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then we picture the resurrection. But Jesus says in John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1 let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive it to myself that where I am, there you may be also. For where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Now, I want to stop there for a second. Thomas is saying something that for most people, is a reality. I just don't know. And even Thomas, one who is one of the twelve in that circle, one who's heard all the teachings of Jesus, has heard about the hopes and dreams of the kingdom of God. In that moment, as Jesus is talking about his departure, he's like, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and we don't know the way. And so Jesus says to him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thank you, Jim. One n- never knows from one moment to the next when he's going to need a drink of water even. So the expectation, the expectation is not found in my boasting and the ability that I have to control that moment. The expectation is in the power and the hopes and the dreams, the control that God has vested in himself, and my hope and trust in him. Boasting for something to come later is really a useless endeavor, I think, because of the expression, say, of Proverbs 27, verse 1. That text says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Since there's so much uncertainty, since there are all these questions about what is to come next, I think the thing for the child of God that makes the difference is knowing that despite the fact there's so much changing and uncertainty in the world that the God I serve is quite the opposite he is unchanging Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 he says I am the Lord I do not change so if the Lord wills I shall live if the Lord wills I shall live and do this or that. He said, now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. The Lord's will, with regard to, not not just the life itself, but, but what I do, my experiences, my actions... What I do, whether it is this or that, needs to be conditioned by an acceptance and an adherence to the will of God. It's in that regard that the Jews had made a terrible mistake. Sure, they had held on to all the precepts and the guidance that the Old Testament Scriptures had provided, but now that they had come to the Messiah, they had come to their Deliverer, they were not... They were not emptying themselves, recognizing the truth that was vested in Jesus and making that transition between what had brought them here and to the life that they could now have in God's Son, Jesus. In fact, in Mass, it is the Jews who rejected Jesus. In fact, instigating the putting of Jesus on the cross such that Jesus hanging on that cross for all intents and purposes, including the Father Himself, is left all alone. So, with the Jews, Paul reflects on that in his time in Romans chapter 10. He said, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved, for I bear them witness. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's will and seeking to establish their own will, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Okay, l- let's just pull the Jews out of that for a second and let's think. That, that could be a, a pretty good description of many people today. Instead of seeking God's righteousness, we want to just kind of make our own pattern of righteousness. We will determine what is right. We're not going to submit to God, we're going to submit to our own will. Right, We're going we're gonna to create our own way. We've already seen that it is in submission to the will of God that a life is going to be patterned, and so too is God's desire that every step, every choice, the this or the that in our lives is determined according to the will of God. You see, all of us are going to be subject in judgment to the choices that we make, the things that we do. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10, we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive in his body according to the things which he has done, whether good or bad. You and I are going to answer for the things that we have done. The this or the that of our text. And to boast against that, he says, is, is absolute arrogance. To think that I can stand on my, on my own merit as opposed to God. So the idea here is I've got to put my life in line, you know, with the will of God. Jesus said as he was establishing the precedent for the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, he said, they're by the narrow gate, because wide is the gate and broad is the way which leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. A little bit later, as a concluding illustration, beginning at verse 24, Jesus says, those who hear these things of mine and do them will be like a man who built his house on a rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it stood because it was founded on the rock. But he said, those who hear these sayings of mine and do not do them, who do not do the this or the that according to the will of God, he said, they shall be like a man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. James, you know, The holder of our text, earlier in his own letter in chapter 1, described the same scenario, beginning at verse 21. He said that we need to lay aside all this filthiness and overflow of wickedness and to receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save our souls. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like a man who observes his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. I'm committing myself to the will of God in the doing of this or that. He doesn't list the things that are acceptable or exceptions. He just simply says, whatever it is, whatever the choice is, the action that you have decided to pursue, be certain that what it is that you do has not been fashioned according to your own will or desires, but that it has been fashioned according to God's will. Now, here's the thing about God. You know, God in terms of future things, is a planner. You say, well, Ken, we don't know what's coming, and so how do we plan? This exercise of this text is not not an abhorrence of the future. There may be a future. The abhorrence, the, the frustration that the text is identifying, is the idea that I'm going to try and face it, and I'm going to plan it all on my own. No, truly The wise person is going to make the decision that if there's going to be a future, then yeah, I'm going to do some planning, but I'm going to do that planning with God's will in mind. So as pertains to God's planning, you know, God has planned for all of us in the salvation that's afforded us through Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, it says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him. I love that idea. What we are enjoying as Christians is something that was in the mind of God before the very foundation of the world. Even in that discussion of Jesus' sacrifice and of how the Jews had taken Jesus with lawless hands and had crucified the Son of God, in that very same text, Acts chapter 2 and verse 23, he led with this idea, that it was according to the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. God has a will and that will is going to be carried through. The question is, am I going to submit myself to the will of God? Look, for the four of you, for all of us, whether you're just ready to graduate or you've graduated, can it be true, 40 years ago. Wherever you are in the mix of that, let's make certain that the next step that we take is one that's fashioned according to the will of God. Jesus did that. In fact, as He brought the question to the Father about His own will, and about whether that cup could pass from Him, in the very first instance of questioning, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 39, not my will, but your will be done. Not as I want it, but as you want it. Whatever your will is, God, let that be my will. In the very first psalm, and you know, we read those psalms for emotional input, for encouragement in living our life, all the instances of doing right and doing wrong, every kind of emotional response to our actions, to the this and the that, is covered in the book of Psalms. Well, when he starts it, He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its seasons, whose leaf also shall not perish, and whatever he does shall prosper. The beautiful picture of one who has planted themselves against the waters that provide the nourishment, what is necessary for a life well lived. Graduates, plant yourself there. Plant yourself in the word of God. Let God be the foundation by which you take these next steps. Whether it is this one or, or that one. So you say, okay, kid, yeah, got you, peace. I'm all ordered that way, right? Look at the choices I made. They're lined up right here. Don't they look good? Sure, okay, great. You made some great choices. But where are you going now? You know, are you you committed to those choices? Some of us made choices long ago when we became Christians. Are those things still in order? Have you lost your way somehow? Some of us have come to the precipice of that. We even believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but have yet to have that blood wash our sins away. You've come to this place. We have no promise of what is to come, but if you're going to follow the will of God then that next step that you take is going to be obedience to the gospel. Jesus made it pretty simple for us in terms of our priorities. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, he said to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things, he said, will be added to you. The things he talked about were really temporary kinds of things, food and clothing and such. What really matters is where our heart is with God. And when we set our mind, let's not be fooled by this world and its enticements. Let's do what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Today, we offer an invitation for anyone who's ready to take the next step with the support from this congregation, whether you've made some mistakes that need to be made right today through repentance, confession, or whether you need to obey the gospel. So if there's anybody who needs to take that step today, why don't you come while we stand together and sing. There's a fountain.
2: take of the Lord's Supper this morning. To help prepare our minds, we'll sing the Old Rugged Cross.
0: brother.
4: and just raise your hand and ushers will bring you one by. Matthew 26 where Jesus met with his twelve apostles and and protected the Lord's Supper and he gave thanks for the bread and he gave thanks for the fruit of the vine and as we turn to Acts all the way through Acts you can read where the early Christians met around the table to take the Lord's Supper And, and Apostle Paul and First Corinthians 11, chapter 24 through 28, he said almost the same word that Jesus said back in Matthew 26. At this time, we will take the Lord's Supper. We need to clear our mind of anything in it except center around the cross and where Jesus gave his life for us as he shed his blood. Let us give a thank to the Lord. Our Father in heaven, we thank Thee for this bread, which does represent Christ's body. We pray, Father, that we'll look back to the cross and see the suffering he went through. And as we partake of this, we pray that we will partake in a way to be pleasing unto thee. In Christ's name, amen. After he blessed the bread, he also blessed the fruit of the vine. Let us offer thanks for it. Our oh, Father in heaven, we give thee our thanks for this fruit, fruit of the vine, which does represent the blood that Christ shed there on our the cross. We pray, Father, that we look back on that time and center our mind around it, Father, that we'll partake of this in a way that, will we be acceptable unto thee. In Christ's name, amen. That's the end of the Lord's Supper, but early Christians, they were taught to give up on the first day of the week in First Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. If you read it, get go to Second Corinthians eight and nine, two chapters on giving and how you'll be blessed for giving, you know, and Acts 9 and 7, one of my favorite verses in there. It said God loves a cheerful giver. Let's give thanks for mature blessings. Our oh, Father in heaven, we are so thankful to live in a land that has blessed us abundantly, Father we pray father that we we'll look back on our lives and that we will give back to thee father so so this church can continue to reach out and reach those that are lost father we pray that the thing that collected this day will be used and spread in spreading thy word throughout the community and the world in christ's name amen <coughs>
5: Very quick reminder regarding the our Super Saturday Bible School, which is June eleventh, twenty twenty two. Uh, number one, don't forget the volunteer sheet that is in the on the table in the back, and begin signing that so we can get an idea of our staff. And number two, this year we're going to do a pre-registration form, and those forms are now on both sides of the uh, table, the uh, welcome table. So please pick those up and uh, fill them out for me. Thank you.
6: Good morning. Welcome to the Boomwell Church Christ. Uh, it always makes me nervous when I follow Brother Stephen with a microphone because I have known him a long time. He knows things on me. I know things on him. So, so it always makes me nervous when I follow him. Uh, please take a moment to fill out the Friendship Register if you haven't. Uh, I see they're already collecting them. Visitors, I'd like to welcome you to the of Church of Christ. If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you here. Uh, please let us show you what we have to offer, and let us show you what God's love looks like on a day-to-day basis. Attendance today, we had 283 in attendance today, and before we begin, uh, I have a card here I'd like to read. Please know how thankful we are for your support during the loss of our loved one. The loss of Freddie was unexpected, and there are days when it seems unreal. Thank you so much for your calls, texts, visits, and the beautiful pottery piece. It's in times like these that we remember that we are in the hearts and the minds of our church family. Once again, we are so blessed to have each and every one of you. Love, Bobby Brazel family. Please refer to your bulletin for an extensive prayer list. Also, would like to add, Quitman Wigington is in ICU at the Baptist Hospital in Oxford, and Andrea Barrett's aunt, Bobby Hite, is in ICU at the North Mississippi Medical Center in Tupelo. The devotional devotional at the Landmark Nursing Rehab is today at 4 o'clock. If you can help, please see Doug Smith or Jim Estes for this. Also, everyone is invited to the ice cream social in honor of the class of 22 in the annex following classes tonight. This will be hosted by the SALT Team 2 for the setup and cleanup. Everyone is asked to bring ice cream, and Brother Ken emphasized, and if you want to, Cookies. He did that on Wednesday night. So if the Spirit leads you to bring ice cream and cookies, just go for it. Just let let this go where the Spirit leads you on that. Okay. Uh, Personally, I do want to thank all of you for the prayers and the cards that you uh, did on the behalf of my mom. Uh, She's doing much better, and it feels wonderful to have a church family such as you. If there are no other announcements, we will close with a word of prayer, but please remain seated during the prayer and after the prayer for the presentation of our seniors. Let us pray. Our most kind and gracious heavenly father, we humbly bow before you today, thanking you for the many blessings of it. Lord, we thank you for the seniors that are gathered here. Lord, we thank you for the the unpainted canvas that they have before them in their lives. Lord, we ask that you just guide that paintbrush in their lives in each and every day, because Lord, we know in Revelation, we know how this ends. We know that you are the great healer. You are the one, you are the I am. Lord, I ask that you also watch over the students that are not graduating today over the summer. Lord, I ask that you give them food. I ask that you give them shelter. I ask that you give them love that they get from a daily basis from every teacher and administrator in the school system. Lord, I ask that they come back next year like they left us this year. Lord, I ask all these things in your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
2: I'd like to take the opportunity at this time to announce the seniors, and we will have our elders up here.'ll we'll be presenting them their Bibles that has their name engraved on it. Um, so seniors, if you will, when I call your name, if you will come over, okay. I'll go ahead and mention that they will be, right immediately after this, they will be down in the annex. They have their tables set up down there. So if you want to go visit, take pictures, uh, what have you, that's where they will be. So you can make your way to the annex and there will be plenty of room for visiting and everything at that time. So seniors, when I call your name you will come across, uh, accept your Bible and shake hands, shake glad hands with the elders. And then if you'll just stand over here and then wait for everyone's name to be called and their Bible to be presented. First, we have Ben Barrett, graduating from Boonville High School. Lewis Holloway from Wheeler High School, Madison Owens from Boonville High School. Harley Yates, New Sight High School. As I said, these seniors will be in the annex with their tables immediately following this. We can go ahead and help me give them a round of applause.
0: <laughs> Dismissed. <laughs>